Sancho from Scratchable Studio. It's that time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. Sitting across from me, the man. You know, I got nothing. It's just, it's Tom. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and sitting on my left, absolutely no one, because he's too good to come to the studio today. From remote, we got Mr. Daniel Tyson. <laughs> hey, everybody. Creep. <laughs> but, but not to be outdone, we've got our buddy. We call him the Night Fang. It's CJ. Howdy, y'all. Let's hope for a good episode today. It should be. And why not? It's a, it's a Wednesday, which is a little weird, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's kind of like a bonus episode. We don't normally record on Wednesdays. That's right. Usually it's a weekend thing, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to let you guys record three in a row without me, so. And now it's all of a sudden about Danny. And apparently, <laughs> this is uh, Danny across the internet, everybody. The show all about this fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, you got to break up the formula every now and then. Got to do something a little different. We do. It's called our Let's Play series. And I hope you guys are enjoying that, by the way. <laughs> I know I'm enjoying nice transition. it. I am super enjoying it. No, oh, it's, it's nice to be able to play again and good to share that with everybody at home. Mm-hmm. It's also nice to be like super far ahead of them. So you hear everybody like speculate and yes. And it's like, yeah, this should already happen, man. I, <laughs> I am super enjoying that part of it. I really yeah. am. And I almost want us to get even further ahead so I can go. <laughs> <laughs> These are good ideas, but now I know who's got the tinfoil hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me. Gentlemen, how you doing? Okay, over here. Doing good. Looking to have some fun today with this, with this episode. I, you, you know, I believe that. <laughs> Authenticity. That's why people tune in. <laughs> it should be fun. Just yeah. gotta, just gotta get started. No, that's always good hanging out with you guys. Which uh, absolutely a little too touchy feely. So also, I hate you all. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I take that to the heart so well. It, it feels better that way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just a tip. Hey. Hey. Fuck you too. <laughs> that's better. You can't, can't be all one. Got to spice it up somehow. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of spice. No, <laughs> no what about spice? <laughs> no, what, what do you got? I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, a good monster of the week can spice up a campaign or a chronicle. Monster of the week. All right. I like where his head's at. Let's talk about that. As if we didn't plan it in advance. <laughs> Come on. Have you not heard us before? How spon- we script a thing? How spontaneous of you, CJ? Let's talk about that. <laughs> hey, it's right here on page four of the script. Come on, man. <laughs> you got a script this time? Well, we all know you can't read, Danny. Oh. I guess I just teed that up for you, huh? I mean, didn't we send the one with pictures? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that one now. <laughs> All right. Oh, well played. Well played. Okay. So let, let's indulge for someone who has never seen anything ever. What is the monster of the week? <laughs> your, your threat of the day. The big bad guy you got to take out to keep moving on. Well, I would say it was the, it's the little bad guy. I mean, guess depends on the show or the story. This is also true, yeah. It could be both. 
Well, it could be. But I was going to save that part to later, so we had somewhere to go with this. Oh, that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone jump on the gun just a little bit. I'm sorry. I he like gets the, that I a like, lot. Yeah, I do. Damn. <laughs> I like the recurring antagonist. I'm sorry. The little guy is, you know, the, the, the one and done. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I worded it that way for a reason. <laughs> So yeah, we're all familiar with the, the concept of that monster of the week. It's it's the, you know, the usually an inconsequential monster or something just to further on the plot. Ooh, it's a spooky thing to fill while we get to the main to the main threat. The use of it, you know, it, it's great for establishing normalcy. Okay, and again, you see this time and time again. It's it's the thing that shows up before the big bad shows up. It's the thing that. Uh, gets you from point A to point B, or again, it, it, by establishing normalcy, you don't know when something's wrong until you've established what's normal. Mm-hmm. A good way to do that is the monster of the week. So it's like the obstacle in your way as you're trying to push forward. Well, there's got to be a threat, right? Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to figure out what the pack is capable or show what they're capable of? Unless they've got something to fight against. You know, it's the trash mobs you're fighting in the video game before you get to the boss. Well, that's a good way of putting it. Like the side-scroller Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the little guys you keep running into until you get to the big bad. Right. Yeah. You got you to kick some foot to get the Bebop. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> I like Still it. Still my favorite. Or go with our old-school storytellers with the Mario. It's the toadstools you got to jump on to get to Bowser. Was there little Goombas, sir? Same thing, kind of. <laughs> no, not not even a little bit the same. Yeah, no, like Toadstool would be the guy in the castle telling you, "Hey, quit the princess is somewhere else." Shows you how much I paid attention to that game. Tom Tom's never played a video game. Nope. Explains why he's never at game night. Ooh, that's oh, a burn. Oh. I'll give you that one, CJ. That's a good one. Speaking of game night, it, it actually is tonight. It's our open game night. Not that it will be when you guys hear this. That's true. But, uh, you know, tomorrow. I mean, it will be tomorrow for them, but not tomorrow for us. And yeah. Those are people like. Yeah. 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 Now we're getting chronological with your asses. <laughs> hey, I mean, time's just a weaver construct. It's it's not now. It's soon. No, it's it's very far from soon, but it's also tomorrow, just depending on where you're standing. Or fifty percent oh. forever. <sighs> mm, that's another single that's not- right there. <laughs> Man, that that album's building quick. Right, that's uh, fifty percent of Forever's debut debut album. Was it more parents, less money? <laughs> Check wherever you buy albums these days. I don't even know how that works anymore, but check the, check that soon. Need to get me the vinyl of that. If vinyl's back. People won't understand that. You just like cassette. Makes it more confusing. That's fair. Let's say like 80% of our audience has no idea what those two words meant. All right, then. I'm going to make it on an A-track. Nice. Even less. <laughs> It's a very exclusive audience. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, to, to waylay the show a little bit. Yeah, it is, in fact, our game night over on our Discord. Tonight, as of the recording, every Wednesday, 
we, uh, you know, throw on Usually Dead by Daylight, but it could be another video game. Who knows? And just, you know, hang out with everybody, have a good time. Share little laughs. get to know you kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Just act like yeah. goons, largely. When my computer cooperates, I can make it there, but, you know, sometimes the thing's just a pain in my butt. And if you're looking to help out, you could send a brand new computer to 1801 Tom's Butt Boulevard. <laughs> Can't guarantee it'll Why? still be there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was nice. It was nice. <laughs> it's been a while since we broke Danny. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's easier now. Now I can mute myself where I couldn't at the studio because it's just going to be picked up by three different mics anyway. But that's no fun if you don't laugh. All right. Well, if I'm laughing so hard, I got a cough. You don't want to hear that in your ears. Or else what do we hear? I don't know. Somebody might be into that. <laughs> Statistically, that's true. That's yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you owe someone an apology. I don't know who. If you guys want to, I expect that in your announcements when you post this episode. You know, if, if someone wants to come forward to let us know who he owes an apology to, you can send him a letter. One two three Help Street. Oh, I was just gonna say, send it to the email. What's that email? Or you can drop in and ask for it during game night. That's true. Or anytime, just drop into our Discord. Yeah. Feel like you can get through our website. RageAcrossTheInternet.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Nice. Yeah. We've gotten kind of lax on that. It's nice to get yeah. back in season four, everybody. Season four. The, we're, we're just the gonna, bits come back. Right. We're just going to insert that shit in the middle of an episode <laughs> apropos of nothing. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor. Like we started, right? We started the show and we're like, fuck it. Let's. <laughs> this is what you're getting, but hold on. I mean, this is what's most of the people I'm going to assume come here for. It's just Man. having fun and listen to some werewolf talk. <laughs> just a bunch of jackasses talking to each other. Eh, we're having fun with it right now. That's going to be my concern. Collection of assholes. That one's coming back. Sure. Dang. Up to <laughs> some semi-random jackassery. I'll take it. So. Yeah, enough shilling, then? <laughs> I wouldn't show for anything, really. We're hashtag uh, sponsored. By ourselves. By ourselves. <laughs> so I think we're sponsoring 50% of forever. <laughs> we're absolutely <laughs> sponsoring 50% of forever. We're sponsoring and hosting. It's the best band you're never going to hear. <laughs> Select few may. It's, it's, they're too exclusive. They won't play for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep releasing track lists. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Honestly, if if we come up with enough track lists for that, that could be a thing on the Ko-Fi if, I, if anybody's actually interested in that. I hope many people are interested. You should all be interested in that. ko-fi.com slash reach across the internet. Help. <laughs> help. Yeah, help. just help. That's just, just that's going to be the, that's the show today. It's just help. Help. Everything's laid out there. Help. It's like the street Danny lives on. Help. Help. So, <laughs> so okay. 
you know, I think this this is a this is a topic that's that can be surprisingly deep. Well, know, there's a lot of monsters that you can use. Well, sure. And it, it and what's the thing is with with this um, the the monster that we generally is looked down upon, and this is kind of why I wanted to tackle the subject. Okay. It, it's a subject, yeah, that people, I, I think the monster of the week tends to get looked down on, you know, because these are small self-contained stories. They don't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the perception. And that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to talk about it. Go ahead, CJ. Oh, I was going to say, you have some places where the story is told, like in shows, hey, here's the big bad monster. It knocks the team down for a moment, but then they're just going to defeat it anyway. So it can get a little repetitive. It, absolutely. You know, there's not generally speaking, a whole lot of meat to those type of stories. And yeah, I mean, you can see why people can look down, but it doesn't have to be all that. And again, it has its uses. We talk again about establishing normalcy, you know, um, especially early in a campaign. It's a good idea to throw a few of those out. You know, here's a couple Fomori. You know, here's your Gorehound. You know, that's your big threat. It's just the Gorehound. It's not really a threat, but it's something to establish uh, pack interaction. Yeah. I mean, do you get a pack of fresh changers running up against a guy with a hatchet or a chainsaw? But once, you know, they can take a hit. That's where you get to see what the pack can actually do. It's a good way to stretch out, like, if you're working on new pack tactics and things, too. Yeah, well, and that's the opportunity as players that you have, certainly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from the storyteller's perspective, sometimes these can be necessary filler to um, adjust the pacing of a story. You know, like to slow it down. Yes, or <laughs> or change. Yeah, change the momentum. Are you thinking more like they're doing so well, and now all of a sudden your monster of the week is going to knock them down a peg? Maybe they get a little too confident. Well, no, that would be the opposite. To a monster of a week is a throwaway threat. Yeah, but maybe the maybe the pack's looking at the wrong place. You know, they're checking out this industrial park for whatever reason, but they should be checking out their backyard. So you throw a couple of scrags in there. Like how'd they get there? I mean, that that's definitely you know something that you could uh, you could, and that's uh, leans more I think toward using uh, using the monster of the week as to, as, as a guide. Uh, mm-hmm. And that um, is a more deceptive way to do it. And I mean, that's definitely something I want to leech on to, because again, this was one of the reasons I wanted to bring up this topic at all, you know, but Dan, but Danny, yeah, the monster of the week is a throwaway threat. It's, um, it's a villain on power ranger. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, it's, it, yeah. It's the fucking, I don't know any power ranger. Things. I don't either. I was trying to think of one. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember any of those villains at all. Like, I know Brian Cranston played a pig monster. Okay. So it's Heisenberg. <laughs> it's the time Heisenberg showed up on Power Rangers, and he knocked, and, he blew and his the Megazoid blew up. <laughs> I, I, love my, I haven't seen any Power Rangers, I'm going to be honest. I, just I haven't know. in 20 years, so. Yeah, it was more of a Voltron kid. There you go. And I'll it's form been a very head. long time. Mm. Surprised you didn't lean on Transformers or something. 
that's a different thing. We're that's going to be a that's we're not never going to finish this episode if you start me on Transformers. Don't okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't do it to our audience. <laughs> all right, it's all right. not a monster of the week. That'd be the reoccurring antagonist. Correct. Okay. Which yeah is the antithesis of a monster of the week. You know, it's a disposable creature that you're you're getting rid of, but. You know, as we brought up, you know, it's often, um, they're often looked down upon because these are kind of shallow stories. And again, there's nothing wrong with that per se in a time and place. They can be used, again, to establish normal for the third time. I think I've said it three times now. I'm sorry, everybody. Establishing normalcy, getting that, that, that track, you know, getting new players used to working together as a group, building a little characterization around a thing, setting things up to go wrong. Mm-hmm. The monster of the week could be a gorehound. We've mentioned gorehounds already. You know, the actual flavor had a gorehound show up. And on its own, that could be a self-contained type story like that. However, maybe the source of this gorehound, maybe you find another gorehound later on. Well, then now you got an issue. Right, or a third. Exactly. And then suddenly you find out that these gorehounds are linked to a, uh, you know, midnight movie cult horror party that goes on in, you know, at this rec center that turns out to be run by. Mm-hmm. This is the way you take those concepts of that, that monster of the week and turn it into something larger. I like that. Just because it is a throwaway villain or just throwaway trash mob can always lead to something. And it probably should in most cases. Well, exactly, exactly the point I'm, I'm saying there. You can you can tweak those to fit into an overall chronicle. The thing is, is that everyone's familiar with that Monster of the Week format. So people are going to, generally speaking, they're going to look at that as a one-off and not think anything of it, which is how you can link that shit together. Again, we go with the Scorehound example. Suddenly, it means a whole lot more in context, and you guys end up looking back going, oh shit, the fucking, it was there the whole time. These have all been Gorehounds. Why didn't we think about the thing? Right? Because you were too busy going out with just a monster of the week story. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But you can use it to build and stir, uh, steer a chronicle if you need to. Yeah, because running into one gorehound is not uncommon, I guess. It's nothing. Yeah. I mean, they're not running over everywhere, but it's okay. It's a gorehound. Neat. It's not like a Nexus crawler. Right. Big deal. That yeah. It's, it's somewhere between Scrag and Nexus crawler. Yeah, it's where you want your threats. I mean, it's like juggling and gaffling. There's a big spectrum there. It really is. Oh, jeez. One's a little too small. The other one's a little too big. Man, you say that so often. <laughs> wow. It's just, it's staggering how often you end up saying that in conversation. Like, I just noticed today. It's weird. I, I don't think I've ever said that ever. Besides today. Thanks for playing. <laughs> you sure about that? It sounds like something that maybe once or twice might be something you could throw away and forget three times. might be something there. It's like your catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my catchphrase. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. You wanted to remote in. This is on you. I know. <laughs> well, let's maybe see. Let's should... go with types. Or CJ had a better idea. I was going to say, maybe we should go into a little bit more detail on how you could run a 
meaningful monster of the week story. Like, yeah, we we covered like the Gorehound possibly leading into some cults. Are there any other ones that you can think of off the top of your head? Well, I mean, a, a few, but I'm also running an actual play, so I'm limited <laughs> as to what I can discuss. I was going to say, you're talking about the, the Gorehounds, and they're all like linked back to some like, facility. Like, oh, how far is he going into his own thoughts here, and will we see this in the actual play? Well, of course not, because... <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't give that away right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, CJ, how would you use a different one? Well, it depends on the story mostly, but in the Wild West games that I've got going right now, there have been some small monster of the week sort of encounters that were leading to plots that if the players wanted to look into, they could go for. Like, for instance, on Bomb Patrol, they found a worm-corrupted bear that just happened to wander into the sept. Sweet. You know, it was a little threat for them to you know, cut their claws on. It was their literal second fight in the game ever. Gave them a fun little story to tell, which is another advantage of the Monster of the Week. But maybe it was hinting at something else involving a bear. Hmm. I have a feeling most of my players are probably maybe kicking themselves right now. I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet, right, that they were going to bear down for a future encounter. <laughs> it's fat dogged. And, and, you know, one that uh, maybe involved a forest fire that only you could, could prevent. Oh. <laughs> I'll bet, you, I'll bet I, you that was it. It could have been, but I haven't done much Monster of the Week myself, aside from, like, small little one-offs to give them fun stories. And it's also, yeah, I don't want to give away too much just yet, because something might be coming for one of the two groups. Or it might not. Group it is <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, you can't. You can't. But you know, it's it's a good thing you bring that up uh, because as as we've talked about a lot of times that the concept of the monster of the week story, that kind of one and done thing, is sometimes it's looked down on. But there is a it is all it was with all things. There's there's a way to do it and a way not to. And you can so easily fall into the pitfall of just flipping through a book and pointing down and going, "Hey, spear finger. Okay, cool. Let's do it." You know, what's our random thread? We'll, we'll frame some stuff and, you know, play like an episode of Supernatural or Power Rangers or <laughs> Smallville or any action-related show that's ever been put on television. Or you can make it mean something more. And, and again, as we, we've started to get into the idea of linking it to uh, something deeper in a chronicle, you can also, you know, you, it's also important to keep in mind when you're doing these, these singles, you know, these one-offs with, with the Monster of the Week. You can make that story meaningful, even though it is a standalone thing. And it's, it's what you, you got to keep in mind your theming. You know, we, we, we made the jokes there. But you talk mm-hmm. about a corrupted bear. You know, if you're tailoring that enemy toward the themes you're going for. You're doing an arc that you want us, or even a chronicle, maybe. You're, you're stressing uh, a loss of innocence or corruption. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a time to use that enemy. You know, maybe leading ultimately to Black Spiral Dancers to show, you know, the, the ultimate form, that, that twisted mirror. But you've been framing the whole time with Fomora in, in, in terms of corrupted humans, the, the fall of, of nature with this bear. 
that those things can thematically all link in using that enemy. It, it's important to think that through rather than just randomly picking something. We all know I love skull picks, you know, um, and it's, it's not appropriate to throw them in every game. <laughs> you know, not only are you going to bore your audience pretty quickly, but they're going to learn how to handle that threat too. Well, also that, but again, thematically, it's not always appropriate. Mm-hmm. You could throw a skull pig at any pack just to give them a, you know, a taste of something new or to try something out. But why is the skull pig there? Right. And, you know, and, and like you said, CJ, you can just throw it out there, but that goes back into that kind of meaningless one and done thing. It's just, Hey, it's a different threat you found this week. Maybe next week it'll be a psychomanchee. Maybe it'll be sewer gators. It's all meaningless. Or you choose your threat to enhance the themes that you're going for. You could also use them to bring your world a little bit more alive. Say you're in the Wild West, you're going through a ghost town, and you find a skull pig, you know, in a mass of bodies in the saloon just happily eating away. Why is it there? What's the story behind this place? Something happened. You're, you're absolutely right. And in fact, this, this is fun too, is if they are used to what they think is a seemingly random set of monsters, right? Because sometimes shit happens, sure. You know, I'm a big fan of that in terms of uh, world building. You know, you guys know. Hell, I, I have a role for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It also leads a lot into the foreshadowing, too, but yeah. Well, this is exactly what I'm saying. You know, and and as CJ brought up, the idea of why are those skull pigs there and following that thread could open up something deeper into a chronicle that you never would have expected. But there's also a level where it could be, maybe that's a red herring. I was going to say, or it could be something that waylays them from the actual thread. Right. But again, it's about how you're framing and how you're choosing those threats. So you mentioned dancers. Obviously, don't use those as monsters of the week because they're like a higher level of a threat. Well, I, I think that's definitely a mistake if you're doing that. Okay. Yeah, like I, I, it's definitely not a, a fodder type enemy. It shouldn't be. Right. I, I think, you know, Black Spiral Dancers are best played. I mean, th- those encounters should always be scary. Of course. They're you but evil. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, you should look at that. A black spiral dancer can do everything. Just assume it can do everything that you can do. Plus. Mm-hmm. And then it's pack is somewhere around. That's the scary part. Yeah, it's scary. If you only run into one, not the whole pack. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of why that, why a black spiral dancer would not necessarily work for a good monster of the week. You could have a significantly larger threat as one. It's just, once again, it's got to fit with that thematic and it's got to be there for a reason. And that's again, that's definitely the hope. Cause I mean, like, look, and, and we haven't said this in a while. So you know, for good or for ill, but you know, I mean, you guys sitting at your table, people sitting at their tables can run and then you run the game however they want. You know, I mean, you can choose to do a bad job. I just don't know why you would. Well, I know. I agree with that hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, Ring the bell. That's that's our biggest thing around here is exactly ring that bell. Try to elevate everything as much as possible. Exactly. Good enough is not good enough. 
you should always want to tell your best story you can. And at that matter, play the best game you can. That's important too. And I think maybe this season we should lean back on some of those old chestnuts a bit more. You know, the same way that, uh, you know, a storyteller can elevate or totally botch, botch and ruin a session. So can players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a team game. There isn't a main character at your table. It's not you. Like, if there is, it's, it's not you. I mean, if the storyteller is doing that, then it's not going to be a fun game for the players. Right. Well, it's going to be done for the one whose main character it is, I'm it's, sure. Right. But everybody else, but it's the same way that in, I, I think everyone has probably had experience with either that problem player who wants to be the main character or who's just phoning it in. Either end of that spectrum, you know, everyone else at that table is being affected because they have to play off you. And if you don't care, then you're, you're hard, you're, you're kind of bumming everyone else out. You're lowering the bar mm-hmm. for everyone. And then some people will probably be like, what am I even doing here then? If you're just going to act like a jackass. Right. And at the same time, yeah. elevate. Sorry, go, go ahead. Danny. I was saying, especially if the focus is on that player. I would say this is also where you could use that potential throwaway monster of the week to help reset or bring the focus to somebody else if it has been on somebody for too long. You know, if you've been fighting, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that, you know, just a bunch of standard Fomori all over the place and the Get Offenders has been taking the spotlight, maybe throw a vampire or a ghost and have the strider shine. Oh, that's a great point. Um, let, let's add to that too. You know, perhaps... Uh someone in the group has, has taken a phobia of something. You can use a monster of the week to highlight that phobia. You know, if uh, Danny's afraid of spiders, mm. maybe it's time to uh, throw in on a Nazi. Maybe. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing. Right. But I mean, it's a little bit bigger of a threat, but. Well. Could be. Yeah. You know, or maybe we go heavy into weaver territory with pattern spiders would maybe be a more reasonable. But either way, you know, you are at that point using that phobia as a plot device, essentially, through your monster of the week in hopes that you get some growth out of that character. I like that. It's also not a bad thing that, say, you know, the players just went through a really bad defeat. Maybe somebody died in the pack. They might need a win. So, you know, going up against a flesh pack or a couple scrags, if anything, might need, might be what they need. Well, that's a good point. And, uh, hey, it maybe is a, I don't really want to call this a spoiler, but uh, it, it a little bit for one of our postmortems. Danny, you will remember this. Uh, I'm sure. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think, I hopefully you do. About where we are in the postmortem series, you know, uh, we we just got to your character, Danny, uh, losing his arm. And, right. And if you recall, there's there's a story that's coming up, and I actually think it's February's postmortem. I'm pretty sure that you are sent back in the field for the first time. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, and what I did is I used the a quote monster of the week is a test for the pack as it stood in this new incarnation and in specifically for Danny's character to see if he actually had the chops to get back in the field and do his job or if he was just talking big and was eventually and was going to peter out. Now, 
is an added bonus here. We can also segue into how we are choosing those threats because this particular threat was a recurring uh, bane that would manifest on the yearly. Hmm. I was hoping you were going to talk about this because this was pretty cool. And I don't know if you made this up yourself or not, which I, I think you did. The bane itself? Um, kind of. I mean, heavy and heavy inspiration. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but the premise is, um, unless you want to take it, Danny. Oh, no, no. I mean, it, it was, even though it was inspired, it's still your bane. Right, I mean, the premise. Okay, well, yeah, I guess then the premise was that every Halloween, like a bunch of like teenagers went to party because they heard about this spirit or ghost and they would see if it was real. And it was more of just the, the party for them, but this thing would manifest and would was like, was it taking children? That's, uh, I remember I, that part. Yeah. I don't remember the, the specific lore I made up behind it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's, yeah, it's just like you're saying, Danny, is it was a, I made it a local urban legend. The, the monster from the cornfield would come out and blah, 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 right? And so right. every year, the kids would use this field to party, you know, woo, kind of like a meta thing. Like, woo, it's, oh, the ghost will get you. We're going to come here and drink and see if he shows up mm-hmm. and bang in this cornfield and, you know, have a party every year. Freshman yeah. orientation. There you go. Right. In this, you know, the the fact that it is such a powerful urban legend that every Halloween he comes back. So every Halloween, this pain remanifests mm, because it's got food. Right. And now, so it's become like a chore for the local set every year. Someone, whoever, whatever pack draws the fucking short straw has to go out there and deal with it. Otherwise it's going to kill like 30 fucking people. And lo and behold, <laughs> yeah, let's not get too far into that. Cause that's postmortem yeah, stuff, but that, that's fair. Yeah. Call on your Wait. local, Bane tenders? <laughs> Get rid of this thing? But it's not that big of a deal. Right. Just be yeah, there. Once a year thing, someone be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I might have some packets to go and join in the party for a little while waiting for this thing to show up. Right? Yeah, let loose. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, it depends on who draws the straw, right? Maybe they're just gonna sit in the umber and fucking wait and go, Can we can we yet? Can we please? Just <laughs> once, can we? Can we, can we just call the fucking cops on these kids this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, you know, you could, they could, the players could even do that. They could. I mean, you'd still, I think you'd still have to deal with the monster because. Wouldn't be any. The, the local legend has been there forever. So it's not. True. <laughs> be a lot less interference though. Absolutely. But this is the kind of thing when we talk about, again, choosing your threats. And, you know, I think it's a great segue that way because what you're creating, what that threat is, again, tying thematically. And in your options, right? Because I just talked about the idea of local folklore. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of folklore out there. I mean, the easy shit, right? I think about Storyteller's Handbook 1. You know, there's a whole section of shit like that. You know, like the the rumor of the, the witch, you know, the house that the witch lives in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, we all know that story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Hansel a and Gretel. Well, not, well, sure, but like, you know, don't go on that house. Or don't go on Halloween. Don't go near that house. That's the, that's the crazy. That's the crazy old man who killed his wife's house, allegedly. You know, you know, it's just that rumor. But maybe there's something really there. You know, alligators mm. in the sewers. Mm. 
you know, suddenly they're um, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe there is something to that. Maybe they're uh, guards that uh, Nosferatu hooked up, you know, kind of ghouled up or whatever the animal version. I think it's still ghouling when they're animals. Is it still ghouling when they're animals, CJ? Uh, unless you want to get technical, but yes. Yes, it is. And we can Crazy. Yeah, I was going to say Crazy we can rule that it's close enough. But it is close enough, yeah. All right. Through the Garu lens. There you go. Through the Garu lens, same thing. What's a ghoul even? Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's something like that. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think the sewer gators. I mean, the sewer gators are an example. Folklore, like you know, you you talk about like Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a cannibal witch of the woods, um, Spearfinger mm-hmm. from it uh, is in the the first uh, storyteller one. You know, which is a Native American folklore about an old witch who like steal and eat your liver. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> you can almost use any urban legend yeah well this is this is exactly my point yeah i mean you look at the and we've if you've been tuning in the let's play mm-hmm. you you recently heard at least a twist on the story of the you know the guy with the hook for the hand that gets the the people that make out point or whatever we all know there's 20 mm-hmm. versions of that damn story you've mm-hmm. heard three of them at least but again the fact that that is so well known people go out to make out point and that exists now in fact it's also in storyteller one the hook i was about to say i could have swore i read that, that, that yeah that's a familiar. real recurring thing but again can be used as a monster of the week yeah yeah somebody's got to take care be, of it yeah depending on where your pack is at the time this is where you could throw in some actual real life urban legends like hey want to get wild maybe they run into mothman in virginia el chupacabra if they're in south america I believe those are yeah. both wild spirits, too. Mm-hmm. As is the Jersey Devil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember us talking about that before a long time ago, but yeah. I, I use them in a story, actually. Oh, the Jersey Devil? Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, and that's a good potential other use for Monster of the Week is showing, like, hey, you're not just fighting the worm. The wild's not nice either. An excellent point. Yeah, we never give wild enough shit. I mean, Wild is on the losing end, or not losing end, but it's not as powerful as the other two. And I think since you brought it up, it's worth mentioning that, you know, the Wild is not Gaia, the Wild is not your friend. Mm-hmm. This is some one-on-one shit, but sometimes... sometimes People you... need to be reminded. Exactly. Plenty Still of people need to be reminded. It's like your first day was a long time ago, but... So there you go. Still not the good guy. Yep. <laughs> Wild is not Gaia. Wild is not your friend. Um, and just because we're playing a werewolf game, not every bad guy is Pentex or worm-related. And ne- shouldn't necessarily be, but again, you have to frame it. You know, I mean, we talk back to the to the hook, right? The, the you know, the, the guy you got with the hook, you know, that, that Bane at that point, right? Mm-hmm. It goes after the people at Makeout Point, right? It has a hunting ground, yeah. Right, but... So then maybe you frame in in the background or your larger theme for a story or two or what you want to get across is a point about lust. Lust bane? Well, that's a different thing too. I mean, then you go to enticers, but maybe enticers is a couple later to frame into something larger. Oh, so you could put in more Monsters of the Week that help exactly. frame out the hook. Right. Oh, I like that. Or, you, you know, again, you're using the hook as a stepping stone. Like, you know, we talk about the video thing, mm-hmm. right? You take the hook to uh you know then maybe some enticers 
And maybe that leads you, eventually, maybe your big enemy is a Pentex subsidiary that's using, uh, you know, do a little riff on Breathe Deeply, which is using like perfumes or colognes to, uh, to manipulate people. Mm. Right. And now all along, you're, you're again, you're using those threats, you're using the subtle themes behind them to help point into a larger story. It, it's all thematically relevant. I like that. I like the if you're setting examples. A, if you're setting a game in a particular era, like the Wild West, I've got a particular monster of the week that I use to just help emphasize the themes of the time. The Bane Train. It is a mobile blight that is being pulled by a big Bane that the pack can't fight. With the Industrial Revolution, the trains going across the country, and the rise in oil fields... It's always a fun little enemy to throw out and maybe it gets the pack lost because you're fighting on top of a moving train. Where's this thing going to stop? And see, there you go. I mean, you, and you could take that to the, to a place of the, the wild untamed aspect of the mm-hmm. era. You could also take it to the dangers of the quote, um, well, of manifest destiny and the, the quote civilizing, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the technological advances. You know, go into the dangers of that, just like again with the, um, you know, with like this, this lust background component for, for the hook, right? I mean, yeah, it's murder and it's destruction. Yeah. But he goes after the lustful. Well, maybe you've got some, uh, at the same time, right? Is, is a B plot. You've got some NPCs in your sept that are secretly going off. Got a thing on the side that they shouldn't be having. Ooh. There's some plot. Right. And again, those aren't related. But thematically, they're similar. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just a random thing. I mean, it is. It is a random but thing, it's but all... it's something you tie in and right. it builds bigger story. Exactly. Because that world's always spinning. So it's not just your big bad and your monster, not even your big bad or your monster of the week. There's still other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. I like that. As we bring about, you know, local legends and shit. Um, and like CJ, with your period game, you know, I know there was a video I sent you the other day that I mm-hmm. came across. And, and I mean, at this point, we're talking about Inspirato to make some of your own, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I hit up a lot of true crime in, you know, my what we call leisure time. What, what is that? And true like crime is good time. to watch and listen to, mm-hmm. you know, um, and tons you can, of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And you can you can get some Inspirato from that sometimes, you yeah. know, like you don't want to. Get too my cop with it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what the... But there can be, like, same with, like, creepypasta. You can you can find stuff that can spark ideas. Maybe you got a prolific serial killer in the Wild West. Maybe, you know, why are they doing this? Or are they part of something bigger? Is this person going to be a potential stepping stone that you could use as a Monster of the Week? Or maybe build the Monster of the Week leading up to them? Exactly, exactly my point. I mean, that's spin the Texas Chainsaw Massacre into something. Well, which, by the way, was based off the serial killer Ed Gein. So there you go. Oh, see, I knew. I already knew you didn't know. That. No, I didn't. But yeah, I'm just but... saying. But there was a lot of deaths there. There's a lot of things, that, moving parts to that that could easily be tied in. You can make a story out of almost just twisted into a Garu lens, right? A, a great one. And I kind of hate to uh, to let this cat out of the bag. Shit, you guys ain't gonna watch it anyway. CJ might. <laughs> is, is it, yeah, it depends what you're about to say. Is a documentary called Cropsy. 
Yeah, Cropsy. I think you guys sounds familiar. Sounds like crop circles. <laughs> I, I love the, the skepticism in Danny's voice, in the look on Tom's face. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, like, this guy's lost his mind. He's talking about corn or something. Uh, it was almost like, is that what you said? I wasn't 100% sure. I went to aliens instantly. So anyway, Cropsy, it, it's, a, it's a really cool documentary about how urban legends i don't want to give you know too much away because if uh, you know a lot of this is a good is a good doc, little doc but the i guess i would say the power of urban legends on, on a neighborhood in in the the strength they can have and what happens when fantasy and reality may be a little too close together okay hmm well now with that kind of segue oh you'll forget go, about it in 10 minutes i bet you I bet you you're right. <laughs> well, I've already written it down. Well, then maybe he'll send it to me. <laughs> see, I, in, in, see, now like closes that plot. Anything inspired by it off to me, I hate you both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I won't go listen right. to it. <laughs> yeah, I was say, then I'll cross it off and I won't listen. I mean, it's it's a good doc, you know, but uh, I really enjoy Like I said, I enjoyed it enough that I've wanted to run... Uh, it's something based on it for years, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Then I for sure won't listen to it because I'd much rather see a plot seed from it. Right. The rest of you, though, check it out, and don't tell me and Danny anything. It takes place in or Jersey. CJ or CJ. I mean, if it's going to be part or of CJ, will probably no. It would be out of the summer. In okay, it takes place in Jersey. Oh, then it has to be out of okay. the summer. Okay, yeah. Ah. All right. Okay. So yeah, you're free, CJ. Just don't, awesome. don't nobody to people make stuff up to tell them. We can put our tinfoil. All right, there it is. A call out. Yes, make stuff up and tell us. This that'll make things more interesting. Yeah, no, Tom, you're right. I looked it up. It's about crop circles. Perfect. Don't test me. I it's will, about corpses will... who make crop circles. <laughs> or crop circles made of corpses. <laughs> I can imagine there's some Garu out there, a Black Spiral Dancer that's done that. Oh, sure. There is a, there's a pack. Um, and I always forget the book that it's in, and I feel terrible about that. But there is a pack that does that. They, they run around and um, create urban legends. Like, they make they make the urban legends real. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the, the Hex pack? I, wa- I don't want to confirm or deny that because I know I have a pack called the Hexmark pack and I don't know if you're channeling that or if you've got that accurate and I'm mixed up now. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember. I, I know we talked about it before. Yeah, that they do stuff like the, you know, you hear the room, you know, you go to a thing and you wake up in the, with the ice and the kidneys gone mm-hmm. or the, you find a hypodermic needle in the towel dispenser at the men's room and it says welcome to AIDS on it or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like those dumbass little urban legends. Yeah, but wouldn't they, if they put enough of that thought process in a community, can't that actually bring forth something? Well, it can in, in things like, uh, like again, like the hook monster or a hook man or things like that. But mm-hmm. that's, I mean, they're doing it to appease, <laughs> you know, they're, they're physically going to make that happen. Right. So it's, it's kind of the other way around at that point, you know? Oof. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I remember you. I remember us talking about that. It might have been That's like kind of- around the Amazon episode. Somewhere around there. You lost me. 
Yeah, that doesn't. That episode was a long time ago. You I mean, we, me. we have <laughs> said it's not yeah. important. I like the building of story, though. These are fun. No, it, it, it is. And, it's, and again, this is all framed around the idea of something that is normally, and, and I mean, it is by nature, just kind of a one and done kind of thing. But it's it's in how you use it, right? Very much so. I will say there is also a place where you could use it as just the one and done. This is a you know little threat for you to figure out how to mess with how to do it. If you were ever running a demo or trying to get people interested, maybe this is the place for a flashy monster of the week, like a little four part story. No, in a hundred percent. That is a great use for for that kind of monster of the week because, you know, obviously if as a demo you don't have time to get into something larger and to give give a flavor of what Werewolf the Apocalypse can be, absolutely. And again, it's helpful if if you're sticking to your your framing of what, you know, what this is about and, and make sure you're, again, tailoring your threats to what you're doing. Like our intro four-parter. Yeah. I just can't remember what you used as monsters of the week in that. Well, I I didn't. I mean, we had Scrags. Yeah, like I did. I didn't really because it was again. It was all. It was written as one big thing. Mm-hmm. So that was a little different. But let's reverse that and go to the guilty. Okay. What was the first thing you fought in that chronicle? It was a couple burger heads, right? Yes. Yeah. Monster of the week. Yeah, nothing came of that, so yeah. Right, and again, what was the purpose of that story? To make sure we knew what the hell we were doing? I mean, yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah, it was an intro to the area, certainly, but also the theme, and, and uh, you were told by Segment Rainmaker specifically at that point that, you know, yeah, you killed the fast food Fomora, congratulations. You didn't do anything, though, because you didn't follow it up. Oh, right. It was still training. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the purpose of using this monster of the week in these stupid little femori was to teach you that these things had to come from somewhere and to follow up on a threat that they just taking care of the, you know, putting a bandaid on, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You cured this, you know, you got rid of the symptoms. You didn't cure the cold. You took your Tylenol. You didn't get rid of the pain though, or the pain might be dull, but it's still there. Right. And in that, the, <laughs> the idea there, remember, cause you got, he told you guys to follow up. He taught you how to follow up. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, stupid, you killed two of these things in a two-block radius, and they're both wearing McDonald's outfits. What, do you think they're late to a costume party? <laughs> Go to McDonald's. <laughs> and, and you see how, looking back, how that simple little message to a bunch of you know new players. Oh, it helped. Right. It informed a lot of what happened or ideally was meant to inform a lot of what happened to the rest of that chronicle about following up, doing your homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another way that a monster of the week can be used. That's exactly the thing. That's why yeah. I did it. <laughs> it's a good way to, you know, teach your players as much as it is the characters, or if you're ever having, you know, if it's a brand new group, maybe it is good just to do a monster of the week real quick for like your first one or two sessions just to get a feel for everybody, figure out what people are good at or what they want to be good at. Exactly. And again, back to normalcy. 
by doing that, you establish what is average in the world. Let's look at it this way. All right. Uh, Cause I, I see, I see a little skepticism over here, Tom. A little bit. <laughs> all right. I've talked before about the tribal one-offs that, that we ran back in the Virginia days. Uh-huh. Yep. Where like, I, I mean, I kind of half another thing. So I was working on one for the Wendigo. Well, this particular character um, the that we were framing for the Wendigo, he had um, some black spiral heritage. You know, he wasn't from a long line of Wendigo. He he had the amnesia flaw. He chose Wendigo as a tribe. You, I've referenced this this before. Yes, yes, I know what character you're talking about. Yeah, well, the Wendigo. My my idea for the Wendigo one off. I loved the idea. It was completely untenable. You couldn't. I couldn't do it. But the idea is he would have gone, you know, they leave the pack. He goes to a Wendigo sept. He's got this new pack temporarily. And as part of a bonding exercise, they were going to take a shared vision quest. The vision quest, however, it was going to go through their past lives. But because it was like a, again, like a pack bonding thing, the, the, the quest they were going to be going on, like it would have created sort of a pocket realm that was an amalgamation of all of their past lives collectively. That could have been bad. Well, and this is the thing, because the crux of that story would have been, you know, you have all this history of all these different Wendigo and different tribes or everything, come, you know, uh, coming together and this, you know, these, these were way north and these people were from here and there. And then now there's someone in this shared past life ancestor journey is killing off the other ancestor spirits because you have the, the, the PC whose ancestors were fucking spirals. Hmm. but he doesn't know that they don't know that it becomes kind of a murder mystery. And here's, you know, I feel like that was a pretty interesting concept. I like the way you took that. Cause then they're also going to try to figure out who's past that is. Cause they don't know. Right. Neither does he Cause both the, player and character. Right. Cause the amnesia flaw too. Right. Here's the problem. The premise here is that it's a world, you know, a little realm that is comprised of different eras and locations based on the the ancestors of like four different people. How, yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you have to so establish that it. things are what normal is to have every thing, single time to have things go wrong. That's tough, right? In a in a one session story, there's not enough time to do it. No. But this is what we're talking with using Monsters of the Week. If, you know, you do a Chronicle like that, you could have like a Monster of the Week kind of thing, you know, minor threats like that that aren't full story things that would help establish a baseline so that when stuff started going wrong, you'd know the difference. Right. Hmm. Like, you know, your pack fighting four or five Scrags together, you're ripping through them. Next time you go fight Scrags, these things are organized fighting with strategies maybe something's giving them orders you've established that normalcy here's not normal exactly i would not want to face down scrags that are organized but think about it if if that's the first time you encountered scrags you wouldn't know something was wrong right but that'd be a hell of a threat an organized pack of scrags that'd be a hell of a threat like really intelligent ones yeah (laughs) that that would One's got a monocle and shit. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. But you would never get the full depth of that threat if you've never just faced 
the rabid scrag. And then, yeah, if they have that more intelligent scrag they face there and they went future stories and they ran into regular ones, they would be like, well, what the hell? Right. And, I mean, actually, it's, uh, I can't talk about it. It's already aired, but there's a great example kind of of that where, where I didn't establish the norm with a particular threat for you guys in our actual game. But I can't talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I know. It's still forming. I can't talk about it. Can't that. talk about it. <laughs> okay. We'll leave, just, just leave it at that. Can't talk about it. Yeah. How about this to get away from that? How about using a monster of the week, but subverting it? You know, your players think, oh, this is just a monster of the week. We can, you know, take this easy. But that's when you bring in the real threat. Or perhaps a situation where a botched encounter with one of these things turns into a larger threat due to the actions of the players. Now, as an SD, would you have that pre-written or like you're banking on your players to react that way? Or should you have an out for that? I'm just trying to. No, it's it's a good question. Pick your ST brain here. I think that depends. Okay. That kind of thing is is really risky. Um, You really have to know your players. Uh, I would not do that with our current group. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I haven't played with CJ and Mel long enough to count on that. Mm-hmm. I would totally do it if it was just, uh, you know, Danny and Tom. Yeah. Because I can fucking read them like a book. <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, if you got that level of familiarity or you're in your player's head that much, yeah, that's when you could plan for them to botch an encounter or maybe forget a simple step, like to investigate further. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I got real estate between those guys' heads. <laughs> I had oh. you for a minute at first, though. You, you did at first, but at then, first, I, then but I fucking then you, bought yeah. a condo in there. Yeah, you did. Once you figured then, me out, I couldn't figure out your stories anymore. But this is an opportunity that I would say, definitely, like, as an ST, be on the lookout for it. Like, yeah, you're running a Monster of the Week encounter, and all of a sudden they're having a lot harder time. This would be something after the session. Yeah, definitely think about it maybe there's something you could run with that or you know they have that out they still eventually win they just forgot something or it was a hard fought win maybe there's a reason for that you hadn't considered that's a really good point you know and i mean these are it's i mean operative storytelling right no and i think this is great you know it's important not only to use uh the monster of the week in those in those instances like for training for establishing the status quo but like you bring up to to branch out into bigger threats um, is a misdirect. You know, we're looking at things to, to open this up, to get a greater use out of the concept and, and out of those little threats to, to make your own. You know, um, not everything, and it was brought up earlier, not everything has to be the spiral hive and everything has to be, you know, Pentex. And you want to, generally speaking, lean the fuck away from that mus- mustache twirling villain, right? And, and so taking some of those more simple tropes, you know, taking from urban legends, taking from, you know, from things like that and making that a threat that, that can enrich the world, enrich your chronicle, enhance things thematically, it's really important and it can really enhance a game. You know, and again, this is why I wanted to have this, to, to do this episode. This is why I wanted CJ to be here 
you know, because you've got your Wild West game, and that's, a, you know, we, we get another storyteller here to sit there and, and actually go over this and the potential. Yeah, it's a different flavor of Monster of the Week with Wild West because, once again, you can get really wild with it. Uh, <laughs> oh, he said a thing. He's like the title of the thing. <laughs> you, you potentially have a lot more available to you in that time period to, you know, bring in those obscure threats to, you know, if you wanted to show off a particular monster and make it part of a bigger plot, here's your time for it. I don't know. Whenever I hear Wild West, I'm like, Storm Eater's still a thing, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a huge threat. <laughs> that's that's definitely not a weekly thing. No, yeah. but you can but build. But the Stormborn. You can, yeah. yeah, you can Stormborn build things awesome. up to that. Well, and actually, you know what, Danny? You bring up a really good point when, when you said, you know, that's not a weekly threat. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's really something for, and here's another one we haven't said for a while, the dangerous don't list. <laughs> and saying that out loud, I've missed the dangerous don't list. Oh yeah, it has been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dangerous don't. Yeah. Don't make your larger threats recur that often. This is another use, another reason of, of the importance of that said monster of the week to to pace out your villain. I played WoW for some time. I mean, some of you know that's it's not important except for this. Um, and so during the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. Right. It was a big deal. You know, um, I know why was this big thing now? And it's been like 15, 16 years out of 20 years, maybe. I don't I don't know. But, you know, it was the sequel of Warcraft 3, which was a really good game. And Warcraft 3, you know, it, it dealt with like uh, many things, but there was the birth of the character, this big villain, the Lich King. So here, you know, it was like the premise of Warcraft 3. So a few expansions later, now we're dealing with the Lich King. This is so exciting. Right. This massive piece of lore, this huge villain, we're finally going to deal with him. And you get into that game, right? That expansion. And the Lich King appears like every 20 minutes. That's true. That sounds ridiculous. Well, it, it is. It, it, it ruins him. Because he's either like he's on the projector talking to the vill- you villains, you know? And like for some reason, like the model they used for him made him look really fat. So he's all like, Kalthazad, bring me a whopper. But... <laughs> But Man, like, man's got to eat. But he, <laughs> but he showed up constantly. He did. Because this is the only WoW I played was Lich King. So, yeah. yes. And, and what did it do is it made him seem like not a threat. Mm-hmm. He went from this big, bad, this ultra fucking, you know, scary guy. And you you want to get him because you played Warcraft because it was important back then. And, oh, man, and to Yosemite Sam. I didn't even think about it that way, but. Man, that's really true. Yeah, you'd go do a dungeon, right? And he'd be like, oh, dungeon boss, get the interlopers. And you'd kill the boss, and he'd show up as a hologram again going, oh, dang, nabbit, I'll get you next time. Every five minutes, yeah. Yeah. This is where you got to be careful with what monsters you use for Monster of the Week. Exactly. You know, if, if we're, you're doing, um, let's say, a spiral, let's call him Vermilion, and he's going to be your big recur- recurring villain... You can't use him every five minutes. Nope. You have to do other shit because people will get sick of him and he will be an ineffectual threat. Also, if he keeps getting away, you're pissing off your player base. Yeah, they can't finish off the threat. Right. You have to have an end game for that shit. Mm-hmm. But that's a different That's a different show. But his monster of the week could be <laughs> singles of his pack, maybe. like he Could be. Or other, you know. 
other things that are related, giving just, you information to his whereabouts, stuff like that. Just don't have him show up going, you yassafras, and, you know, I'm going to get you bugs. Silly rabbit. Like the fucking Lich King. <laughs> just having Kel'Thuzad grab him whoppers and yelling at the players. It was a whole expansion. You know what it made me think of? Um, Burger King? No. And sponsored. <laughs> Handsome Jack. Well, that the, the, we're going to Borderlands now. Well, I mean, that's an example of of um, everything done right. So <laughs> that's what I mean. It's a balancing act there with having the car- the villain, the overarching theme of that monster of the week showing up so often. It's a balancing act you got to hit. But even then, that's a little it's a little different because that's one narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, that is that that is an example of the boss inserted into your players lives done perfectly yeah a little bit here and there and not like as a threat but more of an irritation right but yeah that's well you don't physically see him until the final fight so also important but again that's more of a recurring villain show right which we'll we'll have one of those down the pipeline probably now we go back to to pacing and using them uh using these threats uh to alter a pace and i think a great example was during the guilty if you guys recall i did a one-off story you know sending you guys to a junkyard oh right this was right this was i mean this was pretty early in the guilty but the, the overall plot was already moving mm-hmm. if you recall and, and i gave you two options which was fun you got to use a skull pig I did, and it was completely superfluous. It was just for me because <laughs> it wasn't the main threat. It was just there. Why was it there? Yeah, it's just I fucking I wanted to because you wanted it was to totally self indulgent. However, <laughs> you know the main thing though was that was thematically appropriate. Mm-hmm. I just I enjoyed. It. I just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, hey, yeah, we got to see our I, first sculpt. Yeah, I finally got to use the sculpt. Uh, <laughs> but why did I do that? Again, I talk about you can use it to control the pacing of the story. You know, here in the middle of this, you know, serialized arc with some heavy fucking complications, uh, implications rather, and yes, complications later. Shit was hitting the fan at that time. I remember that. And you were just taken away from it and moved away. And why did I do that? I did that to slow down the pacing and to realign everything going behind the scenes of the game, um, of the the plot, not of the actual game. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, because you guys returned from this mission and now I had time that time when you were away was time where I could realign the NPCs and what was going on. I could have that conflict escalate or de-escalate. you know, I mean, I know how I did it, but we're talking in the greater scheme, you know, generally speaking, right. You know, you yeah. can use those to, yeah, to reset, if you will, wherever yeah, this- where all the NPCs are standing, uh, CJ. Yeah, this is the perfect time for like, hey, you have a particular elder or whatever that's supposed to be at this set, but it's not for whatever reason. Well, they go off on this little monster of the week one off. Well, hey, y'all left. He arrived. A hundred percent that. Yeah. And no ifs, ands, or buts, or why on how he did. Right. We can just know he got there while we weren't here. Right. I don't have to explain that. Just you weren't here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they don't have to describe how the boom bridge opened up, how the uh, gatekeeper reacted, or, you know, people suddenly surprised that this person's here. No, it's 
Yeah, you, I happened away from the screen. Yeah, you missed all that part. It's fine. You know, it, it, it's the difference between, um, and we look at movies, you know, it, is, you know, you have, uh, especially in these bad movies, right? You'll have these long drawn out scenes where, you know, it's the cars driving down the road and it pulls up to the driveway and you see the guy get out of the car and he walks up, up to the front door and he knocks on the door. You know, and it's like a good two minute scene and you're sitting there going, couldn't we just know that he drove there? Right. Yeah. Can we just see the door open and the car behind him? Right. Fucking man. Imagine that the guy knocked on a door and a door opened or a door opened and the main character standing on the other side of it. Look at that. Look at the three minutes of screen time. We didn't have to waste. <laughs> That's a good way of putting that though. Right. It, it helps. Look. It helps break the monotony of it. So you don't have to, I like, no, I like that. I mean, you said it, I don't need to reiterate it. <laughs> right. Or, you know, sometimes you're going through a thing with breakneck pacing because of the nature of the Chronicle you're running. Uh, heavy and, information that needs to be out there. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And now we need to slow it down because it's just, it's the pacing isn't right now. This yeah. is a great time to throw in that threat. Yeah, like you're doing a road trip sort of game where you're going from sept to sept to sept, but you're having to rush there immediately. Well, what if you get down to the one sept and, hey, this is, here's this urban legend to deal with. Or even better, maybe you're uh, you're sick of the shit, right? The, the little travelogue road story. So uh, the car breaks down. So mm-hmm. instead of it being another one of these, it's something to break that monotony and alter the pacing of the Chronicle. You know, I had uh, in the Virginia games, they were going after um, a subsidiary doing with uh, meat packing, and they were hitting these these meat packing plants one after another. And it's like the first time this is really exciting, right? It's like they lured the layout of the place and they sneak in and it's dangerous and, you know, but it's not too bad because no one knew they were coming, right? And they do it again. And, you know, these places tend to be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So they already knew the layout. So they weren't too worried about it. So it was an in and out real quick. But it was a little harder because it was guarded a bit. Because mm. the first one got the hit. The first one got hit, right. And then they get to the third one. And they're like, well, we're doing this again. <laughs> but you're not. I mean, it was heavy resistant. But, you know, but there it is. It, that was the mission. There were like five of them. And I'm like, I'm not doing five of these. Yeah, that'd be very boring. Yeah. Right? And if you're, But if you're going to. Maybe you don't do five, right? Like I, I only did three and I broke it up with another mission here and there in between, because again, maybe you're gaming once every two weeks mm-hmm. at six weeks of essentially the same exact story. Mm-hmm. I'm already bored. Plus you got to bridge that to where they can build the resistance up for the next one and so on and so forth. How else are all this resistance going to show up if there's you're strictly going straight to the next one? Well, I mean, pretty easily. I mean, if you're driving from fucking Michigan to Tennessee, right? And you blew up the one in Michigan, will they go get some more security at the other facilities? Fair. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but what if you're staying all within the same state and you're rooting the subsidiary out of the state? What? Or out of the area. Then, yeah, this is where you want to break that up even more. Yeah, all the more reason you break up that monotony. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like I said, I think there were five of them. I was bored by three. I think I was bored at two. Three was a massive trap because, of course, they do your coming. Right. And then I could, you know, break the cycle that way. 
by going, you guys are too hot. You can't do the other two. But in the interim between two and three, what do you do? You throw another up, you throw something else in there again to mess with the pacing, to break the monotony. Danny? I was, I was hoping you were going to say that third one was a trap because if they went and did already did two, and we're just going to do the same thing for number three. Like, oh, come on. How do you not see that coming? Oh, they had a, they had a frack toy and a first team waiting for them. <laughs> waiting for them. I think they brought that on themselves. Yeah. You know, it's funny is they had another pack for backup, too. But again, they had to get the trust of that pack by doing a separate job in between those two fucking stories. Mm-hmm. All right. right. So that's not bad. Good way to tie in, yeah, that. Right, and so I used a family of uh, Femor Moonshine Runners as a, as a monster of the week. Now, obviously, cool. there's levels to these monsters. Don't use certain monsters as your monster of the week, because they'd be... Only use Nexus Crawlers from now on. All right, then. Oh, no. I mean, if you think they're that easy to deal with. Yeah. Oh, all right. Then I'm just rank six. Oh, they're, well, they're make believe. So, like, I'll oh. just rip I mean, up their stat sheet, and they can't do anything to me. That's how I handle. Congratulations! It. I mean, if you're just gonna throw those out there, I'm just rank six, <laughs> and I have like five grand claves and five arms. No, no you don't. And only ever roll tens. And only ever roll tens. Oh my god! I win. That also sounds like a boring game. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have any legs, so you have to like skitter around. And be like five arms spider. like a spider. Yeah. And then Danny'd be freaking out with his arachnophobia. Right. Because so, hey, you can make it interesting. New game. <laughs> Wherever guy takes us is canceled. That's the new one. <laughs> Nexus crawlers are us. I'm calling it Danny in the high five. Because of the oh. arms. <laughs> Nicely done. That was good. <laughs> that was funny. That was good. That was, that was good. <laughs> Oh my god! I just, I just wondering because we're using like the same examples of Mora and Baines, and you know, you had a real question. So yeah, sorry. yeah, no, but it was still funny. I enjoyed the yeah, bit. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is true. You definitely got to, whatever you're doing a monster of the week. Not only do you got to make sure that it isn't just, hey, look, here's the thing I wanted to throw at my players. Definitely take into account what they can do, what, what all they, or you know, who all they are. And yeah, tailor it to that, or, you know, once again, you see Nexus Crawler, you really want to use a Nexus Crawler. Maybe don't. <laughs> well, right, but if you do... Hopefully your players know to run. Well, why are you doing it? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, are we, are we going in themes of, uh, of chaos? Are we trying to teach the players about biting off more than they can chew? Do That's we, what I was thinking. Are, are we doing it because we think they can handle it and it would just be a fun encounter? And I mean, that can be okay too. Again, the, yeah. it's important we, to mention. Yeah, we don't know how strong your pack is. I mean, you never know. Well, even that, you know, to do it just because it would be a fun encounter for someone, for a group, that can be a good enough reason. You know, I, I don't <laughs> want it misconstrued that we're saying you can never just throw a fun monster at the wall for them to fight. But we're also There's talking. There's theories behind it. Yeah. Well, even if it is just, let's have a little fun. Let's get a story out of this. Right. Again, plenty. There, there is totally room for that. You know, I think that it, it, it's just uh, there's there's more potential in the concept, which is what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. He's talking about other uses other than just this would be fun. 
But, you know, in terms, again, in terms of picking your target, I mean, there's plenty of shit in the books. You know, you can, you can open up Book of the Worm or Book of the Weaver and find a list of threats as long as my damn arm. You could go to Freak Legion and create your own custom Famori. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Gorgons, you know, open up uh, Book of the Wild, grab some Gorgons, you know, yeah. but let's look at Urban Legends. Again, we look at, we look at Cropsy. We've got uh, what the Dogman mm-hmm. here in Michigan. I don't think I've heard that urban legend. You don't know the dog is the Dogman in the UP. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Well, it exists. I mean, it, the fucking the <laughs> urban like Sasquatch. Come on, right? Man. But but there, you know, you go. Well, we're playing werewolf, so it's a cairn there or something, right? Well, maybe it's not, right? Maybe the legend of the Dogman. Or the Luguru in in New Orleans, maybe that's not just Garu. Maybe that's something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Or could maybe be a way to bring in werewolves. Could be. Or maybe it's a lone menace that's a lost cub. They don't know what the fuck he's doing. Who knows? But it's an mm-hmm. option. Hmm. Or Ronan. Could be. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, it's something more interesting. But it could be the the obvious thing, and you can find something interesting beyond it. You know, again, with maybe like a lost cub angle, or maybe that Ronan has a backstory that they get that the players get caught up in mm-hmm. because they end up befriending him dumbly, or he has something on him that leads you guys. Like he's, he's got a fucking map. It's Goonies suddenly. You know who knows? X marks a spot. Right? Hey, you guys. You know, it's fucking oh, sloth shows it. up. He's got a yeah. baby Ruth and everything. <laughs> nice. Monster of the Week is, it's a great tool for the ST. Yeah, if, you know, in, here's, here's some real talk. Here's some, sometimes you hit a brick wall creatively and you get a deadline. Yeah, you need that reprieve. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just fucking, you gotta meet a deadline and you got nothing. Well, you watch anime, there's filler episodes. Sometimes you just got to do it. That's exactly it. You know, you can use that to help, again, slow the pace of things and give yourself some time to create. Right. Yeah. You know, hit that deadlock. You just pick a monster, run it through your players. But now, hey, maybe this is something to spark that inspiration. Get you out of that just brick wall writer's lock. Especially if the players do something that you didn't expect them to. Yeah. <laughs> like half the job twice. <laughs> just gonna say that. Ugh. These half two halves do job. not make a hole. You can't finish a thing around here. <laughs> That's a joke that I should have made. Yep. I know. <laughs> I took it. I'm sorry. I know. Well, it was probably for the best. Like, I mean, you guys are married, and there was a joke right there for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no comment. Yep, no comment. Yep, yep, see, there it is. <laughs> there we go. No comment. <laughs> oh Jesus! You know, um, I, I think when, when I'm, I mean, when I'm thinking monster of the week, and in, in terms of, um, you know, I mean, we gave examples earlier on in the the the, the show here. Is, is I think about supernatural, right? Underrated show. Under and over, I think. Underrated for the first five. <laughs> yeah. 
overrated for the next 10. Yeah. It went on yeah. that long. 15 years, dude. Holy yep. cow. Yep. I stopped after it's, like four, so. We'll revisit and finish five. Okay. Is yeah. that still going on? No, no. It ended uh, last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, so after they brought Scooby-Doo into it. Got it. Yes. That, that happened, by the way. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, yeah. The, you know, the first five seasons were, uh, it ended. Mm-hmm. Got picked up by a new network. What do we do now? That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and there's but, a case of Monster of the Week going wrong. Well, and that's the thing is there's there's plenty like most of that show is Monster <laughs> of the Week. Oh yeah. But I think first five seasons is an example of that done right for sure. Often leading up to you know uh, major plot points the monster often being thematically appropriate to what else is going on in the show or with the characters. This is, this is a good thing to do, but, but something about that show is, you know, they, they traveled, you know, so they'd get leads from, from this or that, which, I mean, you can build a game around that at all. And, and I think of, and I don't, I don't think it exists anymore. I, I hate, I hate that this is, I think is true, but the weekly world knows. Oh, I wouldn't know. No, no. Oh Jesus, I'm not. I'm not alone here. Somebody, please, please, and thank you. The, um, the weekly world. I'm news? just going to explain it because I'm mad now. Okay, you guys, you guys have made me mad by being. You're you're, you're talking about like the, the tabloid, right? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, I'm, I, I know of it. I don't. Yeah, the weekly world news. Uh, fucking yeah, I don't think it's a thing anymore. But yeah, it was a tablet in the newsstand in the register aisles of wherever the fuck you were. You know, and you would have tales of Abraham Lincoln secretly a woman. Gangs of toddlers roaming the yes. streets. Bat boy found in, you know, in New Zealand. I remember oh, this. JFK I, in Cuba. Yep. I remember these. I just didn't remember. I didn't know that it was. that's what it was called. I'd never really read them, read them, but I remember the headlines. Yeah. Satan found in cloud of Waco explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of shit. And, and I mean, if it, if it exists or not, I don't know, but certainly the internet does exist and nothing ever goes away. In that way, I guess we here are immortal and doesn't that suck. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think about that that way. Uh, surely you could find articles and shit there has to be i wouldn't doubt it you know and this yeah. is another great source of creating these threats you know of inspiration for this shit it can even be integrated into a chronicle yeah. in so far uh, yep sorry go ahead Siege. oh yeah i was just thinking like if it's a uh you know sort of road trip style supernatural style camp uh chronicle Maybe that weekly world news is actually run by some glasswalkers or their kinfolk, and this is them getting information out to the nation. That's a good way of putting that. That really is. See, I, I wasn't going to go that far. I like, I like which is what you're coming up with there. I was even going to go so far as the idea, or I was going to so far that the idea would be some of these are legit, and you're using them to guide you to stuff. I mean, I guess the same way, but mm-hmm. by by linking it to the glasswalkers, it puts more legitimacy. Or even mm-hmm. the Bonars with their little soapbox thing they do. Yeah. But but if it's just, you know, a bunch of crazy people and then sometimes like Bat Boy's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That also yeah. leads you to misdirect to some red herring stuff. 
And you can play yeah. with that too. Like Abe Lincoln's a vampire hunter. Uh, terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> Decent book. I had fun with the book, but yeah, the that's movie... where I was going at. I don't care about the movie. I literally didn't. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Oh, Hell, I'm glad I, I missed out was, on that one. I'm almost positive that was like how the the movie Men in Black starts. <laughs> they they with, grab one of those weekly world news. Like, oh, where do we start? And he grabs that. Like, yeah, aliens stole my skin. Holy crap, he's right. I see. I, I thought. I, I thought at first he meant with Abling. Oh, Vampire with Abling and Vampire Hunter. No, I was like, no, that's not how. No, that the, the starting of Men in Black. Yeah. Okay. He grabs. He he goes to the tabloids. He grabs a bunch of stuff, and he's like, "I'm doing research." Let's we'll see. There you go. Yeah. Wow. All right. I didn't. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, as soon as you said that, that's exactly right. Funny thing, that just makes me think of Tommy Lee Jones and how he looks like a melted candle now. <laughs> I haven't seen recent pictures. Yeah. And I feel like I want to make a. You should make a monster of the week based on a melted candle suddenly, <laughs> and make him talk like Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, you. Could. There's a free one, guys. There you go. <laughs> and that could be something especially with that you know weekly world news angle if you just drop that in a camp in a game there could be an avenue for a monster of the week if they actually like decide like to look up on it like oh. you know hey local blendy wendy c uh owner is a vampire oh shit you know your your guard your pack sees that and you know maybe they look into it maybe they don't if they do hey here's a reward here's monster of the week I, I just had a thought, right? Like, you know, your pack's called to meet Jerry. Fucking, you know, the local Bonar or whatever. You know, fucking Jerry Bonar. Intercept. Yeah. Sure. Very creative today. Mm-hmm. Jerry Bonar. <laughs> I'm about to give it a fucking an idea for a thing, and I, I, I start with Jerry Bonar. Hey, Congratulations, all of us. It worked. Jerry Bashmouth. There you go. Oh, <laughs> there we go. We finally finished the pack. back today. Whew. All right, Jerry Bashmouth. Season four. We're just, it's all about recycling. It's good for the environment. All right. <laughs> but no, he, you know, your, your contact, your buddy at the sept, whatever he calls you in, he pulls out the weekly world news and, you know, it's got the double spread in the center. Right. And it's, you know, it's something like stupid, right? Like, Oh, Elvis found it. Hippie cannibal riot. Right, like what the fuck is this? Sasquatch riding the Loch Ness monster. But that's yeah, something just, just like yeah, aggressively dumb, but also not your problem. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to go with something like a, like an Elvis sighting or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, everyone's like, "Well, yeah, what what is this, Jerry? What is this bullshit?" You know, an Elvis mm-hmm. sighting. This is what you brought us down here for. And he's like, "Goes no, 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 no. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this." And he's tapping on this picture. Look at this guy in the background. That's uh, that's Fireclaw. He went missing four years ago. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no shit. Something like that, right? And so now this innocuous, stupid thing out of this idiot fucking tabloid. Is a huge deal. Right. Just by coincidence happened to, you know, that, that picture also happens to, in the background, include either the, the lost hero or the, the old threat or the whatever. It comes back from the past, and now you get to go hunt down on that lead. Or your reoccurring villain. Or your reoccurring villain, exactly. You have a lead on his whereabouts. Where was that picture taken? And, like, how fun is that at that point? Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's waiting for you? 
where that picture was taken. Right. Maybe like, it's a nostalgia spirit. And, and that's the thing, you fucking possibilities. Monster of the week right there. But that's, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing we're looking at, you know, and um, hopefully, you know, we've, uh, we've given some ideas out there. Um, we've um, maybe tweaked how people look at this normally mundane kind of boring concept with that, that, that throwaway type monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what we're here to do, right? Um, that, Always. That is, unfortunately, uh, that's our time. Boo. Now we're like really late <laughs> for, game, <laughs> for game night. <laughs> you know, it was a good time as always. Oh, yeah. It's always nice hanging out. Oh, yeah. Great to have you here, CJ. We're, we're going to see more of you, yeah? Oh, yeah. No, and I definitely got plenty of ideas out of this now. Look at <laughs> so that. That's awesome. Right? And, Danny, we get your ass back in the studio. Yeah, I'll be back. As soon as that ankle monitor comes off, right? <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anybody. Yeah, well, do something about it. Come get it's me. Talk to your officer about <laughs> Oh, come get him. <laughs> 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 so, all right, that'll do it for us. <laughs> On behalf of uh, the whole crew here, you know, Mr. Tommy Dixon, Mr. Daniel Tyson, Mr. CJ, uh, and myself, of course, we want to say thank you so much for listening. You know, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, keep your claws sharp, and your head in a swivel. We'll see you. Season four, we're just, it's all about recycling. It's good for the environment. Uh, <laughs> oh, he said a thing. He's like the title of the thing.